your six rules for life are much simpler than Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. And I was surprised that you didn't have make your bed on the list. Honestly, I don't make my bed. I don't think that's very important. I think Peterson's aim is for people who are like, I think they got mental issues. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications, drop a comment. Any comment will do. Your favorite emoji. I don't really care. You know the drill. I say this every week. If you guys are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review and actually write out uh, like a sentence or two why you like the show. It helps out more than you know. Um, and if, if I go through there and I see new ones, I'll read them in an upcoming episode. So if you want to get a shout out, that's a, that's a good, easy way of doing that. Uh, follow me on social media. The links are in the description. I'm on all the good platforms. Get on the Patreon, patreon.com, patreon.com slash come on man pod. You can join for as little as $10. And then if you want any kind of coaching, uh, you know, and I don't just do date coaching. Okay. Like I, I, I give, you know, I'm, I'm a certified master life coach now. So if you need any kind of uh, just help in general in life, uh, I have a lot of life experience, you know, kind of an old son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen some stuff. I've made some mistakes. I've learned a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm just generally a, 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 a good, uh, a good reference. You know what I mean? So check that out. Tears two or tears three. It's super affordable. I know I'm not charging enough. Um, if you guys tune into my live streams on Wednesday and Friday, send a super chat or a super sticker that supports the show more than, you know, a lot of these episodes get demonetized. Check out the email list, uh, get on that. That way I could contact you. If I ever, you know, get banned from one of these social media platforms, which has happened before. Uh, and I'm just using this so I can get in contact with my audience, right? So get on the email list. I'll send you some free stickers. If you guys like those stickers, they're also available in coffee mugs. Mm. Coffee tastes better than these. <laughs> um, and then there's also some designs in the merch store that aren't available as stickers, right? Like I have uh, all the Rule Zero merch available now. And I also have uh, a design that says, girl, you know I'm a bad boy. Got all that kind of stuff. Those aren't available as stickers. You can get the merch though at merch.comeonmanpod.com. And then finally, check out my practical law of attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. Uh, it's a mindset course. It's chick crack, chick crack free. And uh, you'll find that once you get your mind right, everything else tends to fall into place in life. You can use this for everything from, from your love life to health to wealth. Everything starts in your head. So check that course out. And uh, for the entire month of May, you can get the course for $100 off with code MAYMINDSET. So don't wait. <laughs> I'm not going to give a discount next month, okay? So you have until the end of the month, and then time's going to be up. So if you've been waiting to take the course, now's the time to do that. All right, guys. Uh, I got all that housekeeping out of the way. That's typical, typical Monday stuff. My guest this week is the... Oldest, youngest guy on the internet. I like to call him the oldest, youngest guy on the internet because like, I love this guy too, right? Eric Clary. Eric Clary, man, he cracks me the hell up. 
great dude though. Met him in person once actually went and hung out with him for a while at, uh, up in the, up in his bunker. Um, you know, he took me all around, uh, you know, like the Sturgis area, the black Hills and stuff like that it was super fun. He's such a down to earth guy. Um, and, um, but his, his sort of like shtick shtick online is he acts like he's this like old man and he's not much older than me, you know, <laughs> which is funny, but you would think he was like 70 years old with the way he, with his attitudes and stuff like that. Uh, but what I, I asked him if he wanted to come on the podcast because he just dropped a, a new course, like a man, maybe a month ago. And at, at the time of this recording, he had, it was, he had just released it and it was called, it's basically called like the dad you never had. And he, cause what he was finding was he was getting all these clients that were coming to him with questions where he's like, didn't your dad teach you this stuff? And the sad thing is a lot of people are raised by single moms now. So there's all these people that are raised without dads or a father figure to teach them this basic stuff. So Clary decided, you know what, I'm going to put, I'm going to put a course together. It's the dad you never had. So Clary is stepping up. He's he's stepping up to be the dad you never had, guys. And uh, it's like it's a good course too. He he let me audit it. It's about twelve hours long, and we go through like pretty much each module through this just to talk about what's what to expect in this course. So if you've been thinking about joining uh, or signing up for Clary's course, um, we're gonna go go through it today and, and actually give you some more information about what to expect in that course. The link for the course is in the description. We'll be talking about that throughout the show. So, uh, but stay tuned, you know, cause you know, Cappy's just a funny guy in general and he's always a, a good interview. And I will bring you that conversation right after these words. Are you struggling to find a good quality woman? They are very rare indeed these days. If you spend any time at all watching content in the men's podcast space, or you spend time on dating apps or going out to clubs, you're seeing low quality promiscuous women. You're finding women with daddy issues and personality disorders or a myriad of other red flags and you are frustrated. I get it, brother, but what if I were to tell you that the reason why you're only seeing these types of women is because of your mindset, because of your paradigm. We get what we focus on in life and you have trained your mind to focus on the type of women that you don't want. So those are the types of women that keep showing up for you again and again. Let's change that mindset today. If you're a guy looking to attract high quality, submissive women into your life, then I've got the perfect solution for you. And let me tell you, brother, it's all about mindset. That's right, you've got to reprogram your thinking to focus on the type of women you do want. That's where my Practical Law of Attraction course comes in. It's packed with proven psychology-based techniques that will help you manifest your dream woman. Trust me, you won't find this stuff anywhere else. Explained in such a simple, easy to use way. And let me tell you, when you start using these methods, you'll be amazed at how quickly things start changing for you. Picture this, you're out on the town, feeling confident and magnetic. All the women are drawn to you like moth to a flame. And best of all, you're attracting the type of women that are submissive and high quality. It's not that they weren't there before, it's that you weren't aware of them before. My course will teach you how to be more hyper aware of the kind of women that you actually want. It will teach you to believe that you're the most attractive man around. And when you believe it, you'll carry yourself that way. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for my course today. Visit loa.comeonmanpod.com. That's loa.comeonmanpod.com. Start living the life you've always dreamed of. Don't miss out on this opportunity to up your game and find the woman of your dreams. The law of attraction is nothing without action. 
So what are you waiting for? Act now. All right, joining me this week is not the internet father we deserve, but the internet father we need. It's the legendary Aaron Clary. What's going on, Aaron? Nothing much. Just it's it's uh, cold and rainy in Vegas. It's the worst winter ever I've been. How is it over in Colorado? Have you guys just been getting dumped on? We have been absolutely yeah. getting dumped on. In fact, oh. I on I think it was on Twitter. You're posting one of your famous pictures. And it was a, this was a picture of a lake. I don't know what lake it was, but it was really, you know, very low. And you're like, yeah, that's Lake Mead. Yeah. Lake Mead. And you're like, mm-hmm. I hope we get some moisture this year. And I commented saying, don't worry, we're getting dumped on. We'll send some of your way. Yeah. yeah. I was in, I was in Salt Lake city last weekend and, uh, on Sunday night woke up to a absolute blizzard there. So yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's, the whole, the, the West needs it. I mean, California's drought is done. Uh, Lake Mead and Lake Powell need some more, of course. They're going to need several years of this. I mean, it it doesn't solve the problem. but And I know it's very good for the Western country, but, man, this has been, unless you're into sports, you know, snow sports, which I am not, this has just been a lot of stay indoors and do nothing type of winter here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same here, too. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's not fun. I And I I live really close to the Grand Mesa uh, near Grand Junction. And so... Uh, out, out my back patio, I get, I have a great view of it and it's just covered in snow right now still. And mm. I'm like, man, I, I should be hiking right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you should be, but no, I, I mean, it's all I've been, I mean, I've been going to the gym. I've kind of, uh, sublimated and compensated that way, but man, I just, I, it's like Seattle out here. I just want to see the sun for once. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not my favorite. Hopefully uh, the summer will be nice though. Uh, but man, mm. like my, my yard. And I, you've been out here. You've been out to the western slope of Colorado, no, right? No. The 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 sand out here, like the the mud out here, is disgusting. It's like a it's a mix of like clay and alkaline, and it's just disgusting. So my whole backyard, I can't even walk out there. It's like quicksand. Oh, yeah. With all yeah. the moisture. So, but that's not what we're talking about today. We were going to talk about your new uh, dad. You never had course on Teachable. Aaron, what inspired you to make this course? My clients, uh huh. Because I can't. <clears throat> Asshole Consulting was nine years old, March fourteenth, so a couple of weeks ago, and I did. I've, I'm approaching seven thousand videos, and I keep getting generally the same questions. Yes, I do get original questions that are unique or different or very specific to that person's individual situation. Um, but this has kind of been in the making, where I'm like, I got to make a general course that feels. of these questions, not to mention if you are, um, if you got a question or you're unaware about, say, uh, choosing the right kind of educational path, you probably are also lacking in how to negotiate higher salary. And you probably also don't know how to fix your car. Um, Although I don't get a lot of auto mechanic questions on asshole consulting. So it was just this uh, almost decades long uh, experiment with all these questions where I'm like, I got to get, there's a lot of people out there don't have basic information. Their dad should have given them. And so kind of to spare my voice a little bit and have another reference for people in my field or clients that, that have a specific question. Uh, I want to create this resource for them so that they could feel their general questions and kind of, kind of solve 80, 85% of their problems. And then maybe we fine tune something more specific to unique problems that they might have. Yeah, just they just ask you a question where you're like, didn't your 
fucking dad tell you how to do it? You, just say, you know what? You know what? Take my course. Just take my fucking course and then come back to me. That's that's kind of the idea. Yeah. It, and, and it's not always it's not always as clear where there's they get very specific questions because they're specific individuals. So I really like chemical engineering or computer science. Which one should I do? Well, you could almost say, well, where's your dad? Mm -hmm. And oh, I like this girl, but I don't know how to talk to her. Where's your dad? Mm -hmm. And inevitably the lack of a father is the the genesis of all these problems. So I don't I don't mind fielding individual questions of this and that. But I thought, well, you know, there's there would be demand for a universal course that would answer most questions as opposed to these individual specific ones. But yeah, it, it usually it usually harkens from the fact they didn't have a dad helping helping them through the thought process or helping them come to a conclusion on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's funny. I wrote down here uh, during the pandemic. I specifically remember this. There was some guy on TikTok and he went viral because he was teaching people how to do basic life skills around the mm -hmm. house. And it actually made the news because of this, this guy. It was such a rare thing of this guy teaching people how to do stuff that their dad should teach him. And it, it, like to me, I was just like, man, that's just really sad. You know, it's just really sad that there's this lack of fathers out there. And for whatever reason there is, you know, you know, the the wham and don't need no men or, you know, just there's deadbeat dads out there. If that's, you know, really a case or not. Uh, but what, well, the they're removed that, from the house, whether they want to be removed or not. Right. Yeah. Right. Whatever reason there is, there's just like all these single moms trying to do their best, you know, raising these boys. And they're just, they just don't know how to teach boys how to be men anymore. Right. And uh, we just have a lack of father figures or male, like strong male influence. I think. Well, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say it's that what's well, a male influence, obviously because it's a father, but I, I don't think it's even necessary. I know it's just not affecting boys. I know we, we talk about here in the red pill community, like we need men to be brought up by masculine men and red pill and all that. But Look, y'all got to learn how to change your tires. You mm -hmm. all have to know that a car needs scheduled maintenance, mm -hmm. uh, male or female. Uh, major, a perfect example where it benefits girls more is if you girls had your father around to say, no, you're not majoring in journalism. What are you, an idiot? I thought I trained you better than this. Where girls would benefit more from a father in the household to put his foot down. Like, I'm not paying for your sociology degree. Um, <clears throat> so it's just wisdom common mm -hmm. sense and above all else i would have to say street smarts that your dad should have given you to navigate the real world and that has neither been passed on to young men or young women for i'd say the past three generations yeah yeah it's it's really unfortunate um now i really want people to check out this course and there's a link to clary's school of economic philosophy where they can find this course in the description there's 12 hours of material there uh, so please check out his course, but just to give them, you know, just a little taste, just a little, just a little bump, just a little first you know. hit of heroin is free. Yes. Right. Yes. I want to, I want to skip around, uh, some of these topics that you cover in the course. So the first module is on life philosophy. Mm. Now, some people might hear that and go, Oh man, this, this gotta be really deep, but it's, it's really not right. Like it sort of comes down to, uh, sort of life goals and, um, you also lay out six rules for life, which uh, we can get to some of that. But um, you want to just give us a Cliff's Notes on on that? Well, why go through the six rules, kind of using that as a template? Because I, I won't lie, Paul, to do the 12 hours, 
I forgot what two chapters or modules were before when I was on seven. You couldn't ask me what five is. So I'm going to have to go through life. I need the it's, PowerPoint. It's like, it's like when I'm reading your books and I, I, I tweet out little quotes because I'm like, wow, that's that's really profound. Claire, Claire said that. And then you go, I wrote that? Yeah. No, I don't. It's, it's, it, that's, a, that's a very common thing. Hang on. Let me, let me find Let me just pull up the PowerPoint here. I'll get it here. Okay. All right. This, well, while you're, while you're doing yeah. that, so um, I wrote down here. So under life goals. Like so many guys just have no purpose. They have no mm -hmm. purpose in life and they just sort of let life happen to them. And, and it's one of the reasons why I made my law of attraction course, actually, because a lot of that is just basic goal setting, you know, sitting down, figuring out what you want your life to look like and how to achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. And just a lot of guys just were never taught how to do that. And they just sort of fumble around and, you know, they find themselves at, in a certain job or whatever, and they're 30 years old. And then they're like, oh, now what? You know? Well, I got eight generic life goals. Are, are we, hang on, let me go back. Rules, don't die. V6, yeah, 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 yeah. Die. So okay, no, right, I have yeah. here, no, number one, don't die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, these six rules. Yes. Okay, I got it. Yes. Now, one thing I, I, I wrote here too is that your six goals, your six rules for life are much simpler than Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. And I was surprised that you didn't have make your bed on the list. I um, <laughs> I didn't want to be a plagiarist, but it just seems pretty. And honestly, I don't make my bed. I don't think that's very important. I think Peterson's aim is for people who are like, I think they got mental issues where they're really depressed and they can't get up in the morning and they really don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, mine was a little bit more um, <clears throat> strategic and not so baby stepish, but yeah, the, the six rules don't die. Don't get put in a cage. Don't run out of money. Don't have kids. You can't afford. Don't major in dumb crap. Don't hang out with bad people who will ruin your life. Uh, yeah. it, and it's summarized down there. Don't get kicked out of the game. It, it's all the don'ts Yeah. because if you're going to screw up your life, it's because you did something wrong. And to succeed in life, I'm not getting to be like in the top 5%. If you don't screw up, you're going to be in the top 5%. Mm -hmm. And you look at every one of us, we've, we've made us, I made her in the wrong thing. You have a divorce. Um, I'm sure some people bought cars they couldn't afford. So these six rules are basically just to keep you in the game and keep you playing mm -hmm. uh, so that you, you can actually enjoy and capitalize on life when opportunities do come. Yeah. Yeah. I look at some of that stuff too. You know I mean? Like, you know, we go through, people go through adversity, you know, like you said, I, I went through a divorce, but, um, you know, one thing that's not on your, your goal list there is like, don't quit. <laughs> you know, that would be, yeah, no, I guess we could have added that. You're right. That, that yeah. could be, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't look at that and go, well, fuck it. I'm just gonna, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna end things because it's not going well for me right now. I just figured out how to push through and, and now my life's like totally better than it was before then. So, uh, but no, that, that chapter is actually really good. The, the next one I have here is, uh, or it, it's your next module is defeating laziness. Mm -hmm. And now this is something that a vast majority of people, I think, especially here in the United States struggle with. Would you agree with that? I would, I would agree. This has been the eternal struggle, struggle of all humanity, not just the United States, but all of humanity because laziness is hardwired into our genetic code as a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. So it, it does. Yeah. It's just that here in the United States, we can afford to be lazy. So it manifests itself. But, but the, uh, you know, the Laotians are just as lazy as the Americans. They just don't have a massive welfare state to choose mm -hmm. not to work if they don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, that, that reminds me, I think that's something that, um, 
I think I've heard Ryan say before, which is like, uh, you know, evolutionary speaking, we, you know, our, our ancestors were rewarded by conserving calories, right? Like not yeah. doing it. <laughs> Until about 150 years ago, the number one problem was food. Uh, that's why and now, of course, a lot of this was technology as well. But I think something like 96% of Americans were farmers mm -hmm. uh, back in, you know, pre-1800 or during the 1800s or whatever. So, yeah, food was this major, if not the biggest problem uh, that humanity had to overcome. And we've overcome that very recently. But our brains have not adapted to the, you know, tightening of belts, you know, eat. I don't even know if you're old enough to remember, but my parents were still like, finish your plate. Because mm -hmm. they they went through bad economic times. We did go through the Volcker recession in the 70s. Uh, but now that that information is completely uh, obsolete, if not harmful to you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the hardwiring to eat as many calories of energy and then be lazy and conserve, that is still very, very much with us uh, uh, here and now. Mm -hmm. what, one thing I, I wrote down here, and this is actually something that, uh, that I learned from you. Aaron, uh, which is that people are so lazy that they'll actually buy a course like this and not even go through the module. That that's not even me who observed that. Um, this this is going way back. The more and more I research it, it's kind of sad, but it's fascinating. But obviously, we aren't the first generation to come up with courses. Mm -hmm. And so modern life, John, um, he delved into his data. He did a deep dive in his data of all the different courses that he's issued. And I think it's something like only 15% of people finish the course, mm. uh, a third buy it, but never open it up. And then the remaining, whatever the rest of that is 60% or something, they'll take some of it, uh, but not, not complete it. Uh, some, so it's, uh, <clears throat> it's this. Uh, like buying a book on working out or listening to a podcast on working out, but not working out. Yeah. Uh, that that's what is, well, I'm doing something. So I get the good endorphin hit. So I feel like I'm being productive. And I don't feel like an utter piece of crap. So mm -hmm. that's what you're witnessing there. But this, uh, I think even like the Dale Carnegie courses, like going back way in the day, how many people actually, um, implement and do what's in a course, let alone finish it. It's actually a minority. Mm. And so it's kind of, it's a, it's a very damning statement about the human work ethic and condition and just how powerful a force uh, laziness is. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they spend the money on it. So they feel like they've done something to right. achieve their goal. They're like, well, I bought the book or I, I bought the course. So yeah. Did you ever take your homework home and you thought that was accomplishment, but you never did your homework on the weekend. You just took your, your books home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It, if you want to get into that, like I was the worst student, man. I was the worst yeah. student uh, all the way through high school. Just my, if you ask, if you ask my parents today, my dad, he still jokes to anybody that will hear him, uh, that they were so surprised that I even graduated high school with how much I struggled with my grades and just, you know, not just basically not doing the homework. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it wasn't until I joined the military and I had the threat of being sent back in training if I didn't pass my, my tests in boot mm -hmm. camp and, I, and boot camp is like prison. So I was like, I do not want to be here any longer than I have to be. So I was motivated to study and take the test and pass the test and pay attention. And then when I went to a school, um, it, we were learning, um, classified stuff, you know? So if we wanted to study after hours, we had to, we, we would go through school all day in our working whites, 
go back to our barracks. We could change into our civilian clothes. But then if we wanted to go back and study, we had to get back in our working whites and go back to the schoolhouse and study in this, you know, controlled environment. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay attention. I'm just going to pay attention and take notes. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I ended up like acing all my tests and stuff just by paying attention to taking notes. I didn't have to go back and study. Right. But it, it's funny if you just if you just pay attention in class, like that's that's like half the game right there. And right. I wasn't even willing to do that, like going all the way through high school. I was just like that, you know. Right. Because I think especially as a young person, you don't understand. But uh, one of the key things and I'm not, of course, giving away the course, but I would almost argue the laziness module or chapter is probably the most important one or the one that's going to benefit you the most because everybody is universally lazy. It's the number one cause of poverty aside from having kids you can't afford, but that's because you're too lazy to put on a condom or get a vasectomy. Uh, But if you can get to the realization that avoiding work that has to be done anyway increases the amount of work you have to do over the course of your life, once if you could get that epiphany, your life gets a lot easier because instead of going and studying for 20 hours, you study five, you do it right the first time. Well, that Mm -hmm. now frees up 15 hours that you would not have to do studying some more. Well, that 15 hours could go into building a home. Now you're going to do the framing, right? Are you going to cheat because you're lazy? Well, you might as well do the framing right the first time because down the road, you're going to have to crack open open the sheetrock again. And you've literally tripled or quadrupled the amount of work you do. And mm-hmm. once you realize from that logical perspective, just how bad and counterproductive laziness is, how it actually, we're all lazy. It's just whether you're smart enough to know, I'm going to work more if I do it the lazy way, as opposed to doing it right the first time and doing it well. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where a lot of work ethic comes in, because we all know these people who, who are just avoiding work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anyone who's living a good life and is not working probably two to three times as hard as I am trying to avoid work. So they'll fill out applications, they'll half-ass it at a job. If you're doing this, you likely aren't commanding a high salary. So per hour, you're making your 10 to $15 an hour. Now you got to work three times the amount of hours just to make. It's like, dude, if you had just bitten the bullet up front, got your trade, gone to school, majored in IT, whatever else it was, you would save so much time. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the the overarching uh, uh, the thesis of that laziness chapter. But that right there would would solve a tremendous amount of, of trouble. But you know, I all I had was my parents do it or else. There yeah. was never this sit down and explain. Well, you see, if you clean your room this one time, you wouldn't have to do it like when the tornado went through uh, because you didn't put it away. And we, now we don't have to like clean up the mold or anything like that. That's where I think the 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 father you know father plus comes in where you can really improve upon what your parents barely told you. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the next two sections are education and career, and I lumped these together mainly because uh, people choose they typically choose an education that will help them get into the career field they want. Right. Um, now, after having done asshole consulting for the last nine years or so, where do you? think people struggle with the most in these two areas that you see? I would say overcome. Well, it's not even overcoming, but I I guess we'll have to explain it that way. The number one struggle is understanding they were lied to by their parents and teachers about the economic realities of their career choice. Mm. Because for the most part, parents and teachers don't know themselves 
the economic realities of the labor market. Uh, most parents and teachers are also at best middle income, if not poor and financially struggling. Um, and then also there's the baby boomer paradox where older people like, yeah, okay. In 1979, any degree was a good degree. And they're like, Oh my God, you know, that, that's just what we did. You should do it too. <clears throat> but the problem with that is when you tell these kids, well, you could study whatever you want. Any degree is a good degree. These kids are going to, uh, not only choose what they want, but they're going to put their entire life value on it because mm -hmm. they're young. They haven't been out in the real world. They really don't have an anchor or a, or a core yet even like well who am i well i want to go and help the children and and teacher ditz over here mrs moron said that i can help the children and make seventy five thousand a year and write poetry and all and and, and smell unicorn farts and all that other stuff <clears throat> so that's the hardest sell because they're told this basically dream like oh yeah you could just study whatever you want and you'll make the money Mm -hmm. Or you won't, you won't at least be financially struggling. And so that is the biggest hurdle. And you could kind of see how big of a hurdle it is because young people are so entrenched in this. And, and what I mean by that is we have just seen the millennial generation get absolutely destroyed by worthless degrees. Mm -hmm. you, and I've made the analogy. It's like it's like watching an entire generation walk out into a minefield, get blown up, and their body parts are falling on you. And you're so convinced and so brainwashed by your parents and teachers and so committed to majoring in what you want. You're, you ignore the fact that there's body parts flying all over the sky, and you're going to walk right out into that same trench. So that's that's the biggest hurdle I ran into with asshole consulting uh, and any you know, or worthless or any one of my – uh, uh, bits of work where I try to prevent young people from majoring in dumb stuff, mm -hmm. but you're really, you're going against what is it? K through 12. That's 13 years of teacher brainwashing. Lord knows the parents are participating. Most parents just want to tell their kids whatever they want to hear. So they shut up, sit down in front of the tendo and leave, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. um, and colleges and university professors are only more than happy to get a bunch of you know, college kids to come in and, and piss away $300 a credit. So there, that's a really big hurdle, even though all the empirical evidence would make it a very logical and obvious conclusion and support my argument. Uh, but I think, you know, humans are, humans are, uh, uh, psychological and emotional beings. They're not necessarily logical. So that that's the, the biggest hurdle I've faced. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When I, uh, and I think I've mentioned this on rule zero before, but, uh, when I was growing up, my parents told me, uh, you're not going to be anything. You're not going to be anything in this world unless you at least have a bachelor's degree. And that was mm. my dad who never finished college. He did like one semester in college and decided it wasn't for him. And then he ended up just sort of, you know, floundering around in basic trade jobs and uh, ended up as a, uh, a, a custodian for a school district mm -hmm. which ended up being working out pretty well for him because it was a government job and you know he gets a like a sweet pension now and they totally live off that so mm -hmm. but uh my mom you know she she only got her associate's degree and was a nurse you know all growing up but yeah they were like oh you have to have a bachelor's degree you have to have a bachelor's degree so i went and got i went and got two bachelor's degrees it was a two for one though you you would you would be happy with that mm -hmm. deal aaron but uh but the thing was, I was sitting there going through college while I was already working in IT. So I, my, my, my college degrees are IT related. And I got the jobs in IT because of people I knew, though, not because of my degrees at all. And then there was people that were doing way better than me 
that never even went to college. They just, you know, right. they got industry certifications and stuff. And so I finished up my degree, but I was like, man, what a waste of money this was. You know, mm -hmm. I could have done, I probably could have done just as well by getting uh, certifications, which a certification costs 300 bucks. You know, depending on the certification, you can get like a, you know, a CompTIA certificate certificate for like 200, 300 bucks, you know, mm -hmm. and I probably would have done just fine in my career without, you know, having to pay all the student loans I had to pay back mm -hmm. for that. So that was something I learned that I pass on to my kids now. You know, I'm like, look, only go to college if the job that you want to do requires college. Otherwise, there's other ways to do it. Yeah. And thankfully we have started to see like men are dropping out of college, which the media portrays as a bad thing. No, it's a, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and there, there's a little bit of uptick in the trades. So there is some hope, uh, the internet, I, I don't think you could shut up the internet. I think some people are slowly learning. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a little bit of hope there, but man, I, you, we still got a long ways to go to get, you know, we don't need 5 million people going to college every year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, uh, a new, new freshman. We, we just don't need that many college graduates. You know, that, that just reminds me, this is, it's related to this topic, but um, it's sort of separate from your, your, your course. There was a couple of years ago where I was, I was, I saw some kind of congressional hearing, right. Where they had all these bankers, you know, these like heads of these major banks and stuff. And some, some, Democrat um, congresswoman was like, what are you doing to, to help these kids with their student loans and stuff like that? And the, and the bank's like, uh, the government consolidated student loans. Yeah, we're out ago. of like, the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Maxine Waters. Maxine yeah. Waters. Yeah. Oh, so you yeah. saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, and every single one of them was like, uh, the government runs student loans now. The government, and, and ever since the government took over student loans, they've just, the whole system's gotten like even worse. Yeah. You know, cause it's like one of the only debts that you can have that you can't, uh, file bankruptcy on, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a total racket now. And of course, so then the colleges are like, well, let's just charge more. Let's just charge more. It's outrageous. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Look, my, my course is 149 bucks. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> like half a credit in your average university right about now, or maybe a third of a book. I, I don't know. Do you want to save money and make money? Or do you want to go to some over, do you want to go to high school version 2.0, except you pay $150,000 for it? I, it's just, it's so, see, you and I are on the other side. We know, but <laughs> I've, I've said this before. What else does a high school kid have to look forward to? School sucks. They got nothing else going on. There's this magical world called college. Presumably girls will actually have sex with you there. And then you get there and it's just, it's just high school 2.0 and it ruins your life. So I, I don't know. I kind of let go of it by now, but yeah, in addition to developing a work ethic and not being lazy, if we just had American kids, like one full generation, avoid college, I like 75% of our financial problems would go away. We would be, we'd be pretty well off financially. But but Aaron, shouldn't shouldn't kids go to college for the college experience? You can. It's called your twenties. <laughs> you will go to a party. You will get drunk. You will hit on a girl. She'll shoot you down. Um, if you want, you could sit on a college campus and smell your own farts and think you're really intelligent. You go get an espresso at the local college campus. But you will have the college experience. It's called your twenties, and you don't have to pay seventy five grand for it. You know, when I was in the Navy, I would go home on leave and then my friends that were in college would invite me to frat parties and stuff that they mm -hmm. would be going to. I got the college experience even before I went to college. 
Look at it's, that. Look at it's that. Nothing. You you and I could have the do you want to go to the strip over in Vegas? We can have the college experience at Vegas. We'll just go to some nightclub. We'll drop a lot of money, hit on girls, they'll shoot us down, and we'll it'll be like reliving our 20s all over again. Sweet. That sounds that sounds awesome. That's, That's a, great. I think it's a, a $70 flight out there. I'll be I'll be out there tomorrow. <laughs> all right. So the next section. Speaking of money and uh, blowing it on uh, hookers and stuff, we have uh, a section on finances. So you're a, you're a big proponent of minimalism and living yes. within your means. Mm-hmm. In fact, you have a separate course on that, and the course can be found in the link in the description as well. Now, do you recommend that people buy Bugattis? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, if you're a billionaire and you got legit nothing else – and even if you're a billionaire, I oh, look, okay, I'm glad you're sitting down, Paul, because yeah. the words are going to come out of my mouth, mouth are going to floor you. Okay. You should never buy a Bugatti. You should be donating money to charity and helping out people by that time. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand if like you want a Bugatti, okay, fine, go get when you got a billion dollars. But <clears throat> when I was going to college, all I needed, like, all I needed was $10,000 and I could have eaten regularly. Mm-hmm. And you saw all these assholes with the rich parents out in the burbs buying their kids. Like back then it was 30 or $25,000 vehicles. And I'm like, dude, like, can I just get like five grand? I'm not a big socialist, but if you look, uh, I went shopping with, um, fresh and, um, uh, Miguel from the cryptocurrency show, um, and Rolo and we're all having a good time. And this was some luxury mall on the strip. I believe it was in the Aria. And there were down in Miami or no, no Vegas. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were just recently out for, uh, they were just out there. Yeah. So like, Hey, do you want to go shop? And I'm like, not really, but I'll hang out with you guys. And so I'm looking (laughs) at it. We found a pair of shoes for $45,000. No one bought it, but there's a pair of shoes for $45,000. Then Rolo found these Nike, uh, air Jordan high tops or something, but it had iron maiden logos on them. Yeah. Those were $60,000. And then I was looking at this other pair of shoes and the ones that I kind of like were $3,500. Your money, if you earned it, you could do whatever you want with it. I would make the argument that you don't need no $45,000 pair of shoes Mm -hmm. and maybe some kids who could use a good education in trade school or maybe there's – a road that could need reconstruct. Like there's so much better uses for that money. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to luxury goods, I eschew them. I still drive used pieces of crap. Could I afford a brand new car? Sure. But I, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know me personally. I just have a distaste for um, egregiously priced things. And yeah. a Bugatti, I would say is one of those things, but you'll never see me own or buy a Bugatti. Never. I think I think it was the first time I this actually this is the second time you've actually been on my podcast. So the mm. the 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 first time you're on my podcast, we were talking about the book of numbers and we we ended up talking about stuff like this too. And I think correct me if I'm wrong, I think you said that uh in your years of doing finance, you've only met like actual I think five, did you say oh two, two, two. actual like rich people, real rich people that didn't, they didn't live in uh, just constant debt. Right. Like they, mm-hmm. and they didn't have McMansions and they didn't have Bugattis, huh? No, they did not. One had a Ford Ranger. <laughs> yeah. And the other one, I think had some kind of non-rememberable sedan. He, yeah. he was a dentist. 
but yeah, those people did not. They had wonderful balance sheets. They had a lot of money, but they did not have fancy cars or, or fancy clothes for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th I can't, I think maybe it was the millionaire next door or something like that. They talked about how like the, most people that live in the, 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 you know, the big McMansions and they drive around in the, the fancy cars, they're all living on debt. You know, they're all just living in crushing debt. And, um, you know, if it all got called in one day, they would just, they would be in the poorhouse. Right. Right. Well, and here's, here's another simple thing. It's kind of viewed from a girl's perspective. I want a guy who's rich. Okay. Well, you know how you get a lot of money by not spending it. Mm -hmm. Like that's that, the, the guys have this dream. I'm going to make a lot of money. Then I'm going to spend a lot of money. And I'm like, Hey, how about you just don't spend the money? And what girls don't see is because they're blinded by all the things, men who actually don't have money. Like, you sit there and think about it. Here's a guy. He's got a Bugatti, let's just say. <clears throat> and the girl's like, ooh, he must have money. It's like, no, he did have $500,000, but he's got that car instead. So he does not have money. Now, yes, there are some generally, genuinely rich people who do have that. But for mere mortals, I, you know, this is not a course for the Kennedys or the Bushes or some mm -hmm. rich elite family to take. This is for your average person who doesn't come from a wealthy family. Yeah, you, you do not make money by spending it. You make money by saving it. You build up wealth by saving it. Yeah. And so I'm not saying don't enjoy some finer things in life, but if you do, bro, I got $50,000 cash, I would argue start looking to put a down payment on a house. Mm -hmm. Young men today are conditioned. You could get yourself a really sweet car, bro, and – then you're back to poor. Now you're back to square one. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, uh, you know, this course is on the father or the dad you never had. One thing mm -hmm. that my dad, and I, I think I might've told you this once, but uh, one thing that my dad actually did for me and my brother, we went out to uh, to go visit his, his parents in New Jersey one time and we went driving into New York City. Mm -hmm. And my dad made it a point of driving through some you know, some shitty ghetto Bronx, neighborhood, Queens, something like that. Yeah. Something like mm -hmm. that. But he wanted to point out something. He goes, look at all these houses. They're all just like uh, falling. Like they're, they're shacks. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're falling apart. They look like absolute shit, but look at the cars in the front yard. They all have like Lincoln's and you know, like these fancy ass cars. He's like, these people think that uh, it's not, an, you know, I mean, kind of an indictment on those people, but it's just more like just, you know, poor mindset when it comes to money. But he's like, these people think that it's more important to have a fancy car than to live in a nice house. Right. You know, he's like, their priorities are messed up. But you can't show off your house unless people come over there. And you also can prevent people from coming into your house. Your car, however, is where you go out in public. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's clothes or a car, that's where you see the truly stupid people piss away their money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because it's a it's a status thing. They, they yeah. think it's a status thing, but but their real status is is in living in complete poverty. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll I'll show you. I I just went through the neighborhood because I was trying to find a a, a new uh, restaurant kind of on the north side. But the north side of Vegas, was by it the a way, Perkins is. Or? No, no, no. I wish. I wow. wish there were. Yeah, I wish I could have a Perkins. <laughs> um, but no, this is the immediate north side of Vegas. I had to kind of go through that neighborhood, and I knew this is the poorest part of it. But I was surprised. I saw in a in their yard, parked out front, so everyone could see a brand new Mustang. And then this other guy had this classic uh, Chevy. I think it was a '73 Chevy Caprice. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how is that not stolen? What What are you doing in this utterly crappy neighborhood in that crappy home 
and you drop, I have, well, that Mustang must've been at least 50 grand. I mm -hmm. don't know what the, the, the classic car was, but yes, you will see that very commonly. Um, and the, the only difference between that and someone who has their fancy car parked in their, in front of their McMansion is him and his wife made enough money to qualify for a mortgage, but they're still, they don't have a penny to their name. Yeah. They're still, they're still practically insolvent. Yeah. That's crazy. That's absolute craziness. Yeah. I did a, I did a stream, um, at the time of this recording, it was like, it was last week on Friday, but, uh, by the time this drops, it would probably be like a month ago, but I did, I did a stream on, on, uh, you know, finances and get your finances together. And like it, it, it you know, the it, a proven method to actually build wealth. Right. And that's, you know, I, it was largely the Dave Ramsey method, but I, and I, one of the things I said in there, I was like, you know, I read a book once called the millionaire next door by, uh, MJ DeMarco and MJ DeMarco refers to that as the slow lane to wealth. Because, you know, in, in actuality, you can't really spend that until you retire, which is, you know, somewhat true. Uh, and, but and then he talks about the fast lane to wealth, which is basically start your own business. And, you know, mm -hmm. and he talks about how Dave Ramsey didn't get rich by following those those uh, baby steps. He got rich by selling courses on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's probably true, too. But uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, rich people can't follow this as well. You know, like <laughs> rich right. people well, could and, follow and stuff. And have a lot of money like like tucked away for you know whatever they want to do, and then still make a shitload of money with their own business. Like it's just a smart way of managing your finances, I think. Right, right. And here's the other thing. And like in the career section, I talk about the merits of entrepreneurship, but mm -hmm. not everybody is an entrepreneur. Not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Right. Heaven help you. Some women just want to be a stay-at-home mom. And so there's absolutely nothing wrong with the slow and steady uh, save your money. Uh, because not everyone is going to become a Dave Ramsey or a Bill Gates or, you know, yeah. uh, most people aren't courses. going to be making their own courses. They're just not <laughs> right. Right. I recommend you do. I mean, if you got an expertise, you want to share, you I mean, especially now with the internet, it's easier to, I hate to call it entrepreneurship because I, I don't think what I do is entrepreneurship. This mm -hmm. is a hobby that I got really lucky and people pay me for it, but the internet allows that now. So I would guess it's kind of quasi entrepreneur or contracting or, you know, if you can make money on the internet selling bobbles, go ahead and do it. Um, but the, for the average person using your 401k, your IRA, spending less than you make and having a basic personal budget that is perfectly fine. And you're going to be, you're going to be way ahead of, you're going to be ahead of at least 90% of Americans if you simply have a budget and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And mo yeah, most people, that, that was another thing that I pointed out in that live stream too. I was like, most people aren't doing this. Most people, their finances are absolute shit and they're mm -hmm. living in just crushing, they're cr in crushing debt. <laughs> you know, it's just not a way, good way to live. And I wish I would have learned that when I was younger, but you know, as a young you know kid at, at 18 or whatever, I wouldn't have listened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have listened. I thought I knew better. Yeah. Now, now you, uh, the finance section and the love and sex section are the longest sections in the course. Uh, mm -hmm. You really went into depth on depth on those. Why are those the longest sections? You think? Well, because they're complex um, mm -hmm. for different reasons. Finance, there's all these rules and laws associated with retirement planning in the United States. You have 401ks, 403bs, 457s, thrift savings programs. Then you have IRAs. Are they Roth? Are they traditional? Is this SEP IRA or a, a simple IRA? So there's there's all these sub-segments within that. Then there's also just the basic universal 
um, habits you need to form, whether you're in the United States or not, of spending less than you make. There's also the mathematical calculations that has to go into, okay, how much money do I need to save up uh, to retire? When do I want to retire? Another question nobody asks, how, how long am I going to live? You know, if, if you're, um, if you're like, um, your family dies of cancer early, like mine does, well, you don't really, maybe you shouldn't plan on saving enough money to last you until you're 95. But if you have incredible longevity in your family, one, you ain't retiring at 65 and two, you got to save up enough money to be 103 years old. Mm -hmm. And so, because that's such a, a, and there's also a lot of education that has to go into that. Like I can't mm -hmm. just grab some, you know, let's say some 20 year old kid takes this course. I can't say, well, you need a 401k and an IRA and invest this money. He doesn't know what that is, mm -hmm. why you're doing it, the context or the um, <clears throat> environment in which that's all happening. So I had to, from scratch, to uh, a reasonably well-educated person on the basics of financial planning, mm -hmm. I there was a lot that had to go into that, so that's why that's long. And then love and sex is the is also a long one because it's there's just so many moving parts, mm -hmm. and it's a moving target. And we, again, I also had to explain the current day environment that we're in today. Uh, and there, I, I mean, I left a lot on the floor. Because we just, there's a whole other course that could be done about it. But mm -hmm. when it came to that, what I want to do is say, okay, here is the modern day battlefield. Men and women find themselves in the United States and the West. And uh, I thought that would be the most helpful because at least they know the playing ground. At least they know the boundaries and what's going on, what the main thing is. Do I teach you how to talk to a girl? No, that's Troy Francis's job, who I link to. Do I teach you how to have sex with a girl? No, that's Sterling Cooper's job, which I link to. <laughs> Mine is an overall explanation of the intersexual dynamics between men and women as it pertains to today, how it's happening, why it's happening, and then the goals and objectives that both men and women have to achieve if they wish to have any success with the opposite sex, which is another reason it's long because I had to go through two different sexes because it's not the same universal playbook for both sexes. They're mm. quite different playbooks. Got it. Yeah. You know what? I, you know what? No, something I learned, uh, you probably already know this, uh, being, uh, you know, old, old, <laughs> but no, just being, uh, like a, you know, an economist and, you know, knowing all about this stuff. But, uh, I found out Aaron that, uh, there is a cap on how much money you can make in order to contribute to a Roth IRA. Yes, and, there is a cap. Yeah. And I found out that there's a cap on how much, uh, money you can make to where you can write off your traditional IRA on your taxes. Yes. The, G, the marginal adjusted Maji, <laughs> marginal adjusted gross income. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's some top G problems. Top G problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you didn't I, get a stimmy check during the during the COVID. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm uh yeah, you would never tell you would never know by by this waffle house uh hat that I wear, but uh I'm a top G, Aaron. Top you, G. We are, we are <laughs> Guys, major in IT, you actually make a lot of money doing that. Um, <laughs> so you have um, your family section is mm. relatively short. So the big concept uh, in that family is that uh, family gives everyone purpose, though. Is that is that yes. the, the main concept there? Yeah, it gives you purpose or a headache. And um, <laughs> traditionally, that's that. Well, it's going to give you both. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and I, I explained that family is 
what always, I mean, no matter who you are, if you have family, if you have kids, you now have a very clear purpose in life. And so in some of the later chapters, we talk about existentialism and what is the point and purpose of living and uh, life value um, um, <clears throat> a chapter there. But I talk about family because some people want to have family <laughs> and it's kind of a landmine risky proposition if you want to get married and have children, uh, especially for men uh, because of divorce laws and things like that. So I, I do address that because genetically, most people do want to have family. Most people do want to have children, both men and women, but that has to be done incredibly correctly mm -hmm. and precisely in today's world because of divorce. Also, because I, I, I say it in the, in the thing, uh, I don't think men and women are mature enough to handle marriage anymore. I just don't think they are. I, I don't think they are. Um, <clears throat> you, you keep burning down the house when we give you matches. You're not getting no more matches. And by burn down the house, I mean, I don't care if a single, uh, I'm sorry, childless couple get divorced. You're only hurting yourselves. That's fine. Where I get real pissed off is the children. And mm -hmm. so I make a very impassioned plea and argument that if you are going to get married, you, you factor in the children. Uh, in all your decision making. And so that one's just kind of a, a, it doesn't need to be long, but I do talk about, hey, here are the risks involved with starting a family. And you're not the only one who's going to get hurt. Those little kids who are innocent are going to get hurt. So I definitely delve into that in, in quite some, uh, some, some detail. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a, a, a good topic to get into. Um, <laughs> I tell my kids, I'm like, you know, it's funny, even when you are married, you know, there's not, there's never a perfect time to have kids, but there are times that are better than others. And right. I was like, and I'm like, you know, it, you should really try to be established in your career if you can, before you start, you know, planning to have kids and you should mm -hmm. plan to have them and not, you know, accidentally have them, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the best way to go. Uh, oh, we're doing pretty good on time here. So do we have to be out by a certain time? No, not really. Not really. Oh, yeah. I, are, are you, what do you got all night? You want to? Well, I don't have all, all night, night, but I got more. I don't, I've never understood this philosophy. I have a, a friend called the, the great one. He's at the cynical libertarian society. Only if you have a strong stomach for a lot of foul language. Um, mm -hmm. But he always does 52 minutes and 40 seconds for well over 15 years, 52 minutes, 40 seconds. I'm like, how what if he, you're on a roll? How does he plan it like that? He just cuts it off. He's like, boom, we're right his there. Outro, his outro music kicks in at 52.30, and he ends it. And I, I've never understood the, oh, we got to end it at an hour. I'm like, yeah. we're podcasting. This isn't radio. So, yeah, I could go forever. What, I mean, not forever, but I got time. Yeah. I got nothing going on. All right, cool then. Um, yeah, well, see, I, I try to keep. I try to keep the podcast at an hour just because, you know, people have short attention spans, but, right. uh, but now if you can, if you can go, we can, we can go through all oh, these. Really? That's great. So the, okay. The next section then um, is uh social life and community. Mm -hmm. And that one's actually also a pretty short section, but most people don't know this about you, Cappy, but yeah. uh, you're a pretty social guy. I, I, when I went to go hang out with you at your bunker, you, you took me to a few bars and cigar lounges and you knew a lot of people mm -hmm. wherever we went uh, would you say that social life and community is important? Vitally. Yes. Um, because, and I even say it in there, your family's going to drive you nuts. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you were a kid, you wanted to get the hell out of the house, you know, not, not that you didn't love your mom or dad, but you want to get the hell out of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> also your kids are going to leave if you have them 
And there's a 50% chance your spouse is going to leave too. And I would also even say, because this is how I kind of grew up. I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have kids. So it was never. So your friends end up becoming like your, your surrogate family. And starting with Gen X and certainly even more emphasized now, I'd say younger people are looking at family. I'm sorry, as friends, as kind of their family. Um, now, of course, it's transitory. People move and all that other stuff and friends come and go. But even when you had more nuclear, traditional, stable families, there was still community. There were still social activities you would do. Largely the church, sometimes the Kiwanis or the lines, those kind of uh, municipal city uh, clubs. Um, certainly poker and card games and the ladies auxiliary, this or the Masons that. The so Masons. these, the Masons, <laughs> um, but these, there was institutions, there was structure to get people to go out and be social. Now the internet has kind of come in and turned that on its head because now you got meetup that no one shows up to. People don't even show up in meet space anymore. They do everything over the internet. And if you dare go to a real life D and D game at a nerd comic book, place it's always filled with mentally ill people who smell and stink and you can't have a good game anymore of dungeons and dragons because they're all on the spectrum um but that is a very hard nut to crack it is really hard especially as you get older to keep and maintain friends and so i talk about that vital component in your life because you do need friend you need you need colleagues you need associates you need camaraderie especially men Maybe um, <clears throat> women are a little bit different, but I do know the guys need that. And and I love my friends. I mean, they're they're what makes my life go round. I love my poker team. I uh, love going to the cigar lounges. I love uh, going to the other cigar lounges. Um, yeah, and I, I am social. I, I like to be more social, but you got to realize that, you know, not everyone is working from home as a podcast internet guy who has, you know, complete and total freedom. Some people have these things called jobs. What? They got to go to a, can you believe this Paul? These people go to a place for eight hours a day, the same place and they can't leave. There's some guy called a boss that won't <laughs> let you leave. It's like, like who the hell signed up for this? Uh, but yeah, that's, it's um, as you get older, you're going to find out how important that, that chapter is in your life as well. You know, um, one thing I noted down here was that like so many guys have, have zero friends outside mm. of their relationship. And I, I was like that. I was like that when I was married. Uh, like I had, I had colleagues that I worked with that I considered my friends, but I only saw them at work. I wouldn't mm. really hang out with them after work for the most part. It was like, I would go out, go to work. I'd hang out with them at work and then I'd go home. And then, yeah. you know, my, my wife was, uh, you know, I would dump my baggage on my wife, you know? And it's like, that's just no way, that's no way to be like guys really do need to have a good circle of like solid male friends that they can go to and bounce ideas off of where their friends could be like, dude, you're being a fucking pussy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Put things into perspective for you. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's something that I ended up learning after my divorce that I, it was something that was uh, actually vitally important, you know? Yeah. You, you kind of take it for granted because we're all forced together in school mm -hmm. from, from five years old to 22, 25. If you get a master's live for, for all your youth, you're just, shoved into the same group of uh, communal area of kids and you just take it for granted. And then I don't know about you, but it was definitely after 30 where it just dropped like a cliff. People were getting married. They having kids, mm -hmm. <clears throat> people just lose the will to live. And um, like literally, like, and that's why like you came out, Paul, 
Mm-hmm. You came out to South Dakota. You even know there's a difference between North and South Dakota. And yeah. you know that Fargo is not in South Dakota. So you came <laughs> out, you did things, but it, you are going to be amazed for all of you listening. You know, me and Paul got gray hair. <clears throat> you think, ah, oh, this will never happen. You will be shocked when you can go to one of your friends and say, Hey, do you want to get some ice cream? Do you want to go get a shot of scotch? Do you want to go do fun activity X? And they'll be like, no, I don't think I'm going to stay in. Mm-hmm. And that, that is the death knell. That, and that is the, that's why you got to, that core or that chapter is, is absolutely necessary and why you need to, uh, to pay attention to that core short as it might be, because there is, it is a hurdle no one expects and it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you know him. There's a, there's a, uh, a YouTuber. His name is uh, Dave Parada. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Or have you ever heard of uh, How to Beast? Yeah, yeah, okay. I have. Yeah. All right. So, so How to Beast has a friend that uh, he has his own YouTube channel called. His name is Dave Parada. He wrote an excellent book called The Lifestyle Blueprint, and he has a chapter on what he calls forced friends. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, when you go to when you go to work, the people at your work, they're your forced friends because you have to be there all day. Right. He like you go to school, the people that you meet in school, they're your they're forced friends because you have to be there all day. And so he has a whole chapter on how to meet people organically out in town, how to start your own meetups and stuff like that. And it's like mm-hmm. when I read that chapter, I was like, dude, this is great, you know, because so many men <laughs> so have to have no fucking idea how to make friends outside of work in school and stuff like that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Most guys, there's a comedian too that uh God. Milani, I think his name is. I don't know, but he has a he has a whole joke that men don't have friends. He's like their wives have friends, and they hang out with their wives' friends' husbands. You know, right. like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's so fucking true. It's it's sad though. It's so sad. Well, you, everyone's gonna have to get used to it because half the population ain't gonna be married. You men and women are going to have to form friends. Otherwise, you will have no family, no human interaction, and that is just a death sentence to depression. You're mm-hmm. going to be depressed if you don't have any social interaction. Yeah. And one thing I tell guys too, it's it's actually not bad to join some, some of these like forums and stuff online either, because uh, like I, I started this podcast out of a men's group on Facebook and I've actually met up with, with uh, a number of those guys in real life. Like they're actually good. We're, we're good friends to this day, you know? And so there, that's a good way of meeting people nowadays using technology that, you know, uh, you can use to your benefit, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's something that guys need to actively work on. I think so you have a, your next sections on, on your value system. Uh, now this is a really interesting section because you talk a lot about Mazel's hierarchy of needs. Um, and this is something that so many people never actually think about, um, what their values are. You know, a military guy, might say something like his values are honor, courage, and commitment, <laughs> or, or or someone might say God and country or whatever. But you know those are pretty generic. Uh, they don't really consider what their actual values are. Would mm. you uh, Would you agree with that? I would say most Americans, because they're so busy trying to make ends meet, because they consume an inordinate amount of crap they don't need, never even get to this stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of them stay squarely in the bottom three stages of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and never get to the point like, why am I here? What am I doing? Um, I, and I also think the average American is is pretty darn stupid that they think, oh, it's my Bugatti. 
or I got mm -hmm. my Corvette and that that's it. But they never come up for air. They never get above to say, well, why do I need a Bugatti? Why is the Corvette giving me value? Why do I care if the Minnesota Vikings win the Super Bowl? Why am I angry at March Madness because my teams didn't win or my teams did win? Uh, did win? Um, so yeah, so for the most part, very few people get here, but I'm assuming certainly my audience and the audience that you're marketing to, I, and I think there's maybe a generation of kids that just don't care about the materialism. So they're going to shoot through these Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and they're going to get to this point where, especially if you don't have family, <clears throat> like if you if you don't have family, um, you're going to be rushed through Maslow's hierarchy of needs where it's like, okay, well, what are you doing then? Which mm -hmm. I'm fine if you don't want to have kids, but usually you have to be an empty nester. The kids are out of the house. Then mom and pa look at each other and ma's crying a little bit because the last little kid left. Like, well, what do we do now? That's a great question. What do you do now? Who are you? And oh, by the way, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. So what the hell was your life about? <clears throat> and that's what that chapter addresses is what kind of life value system are you going to have and live by and execute in your life? Assuming you even get to that point along Miles's hierarchy of needs. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, your next uh, your next section, Aaron, is on protecting yourself. Um, mm. Aaron, why do you need to protect yourself? Can't we just call the cops? You call the cops and the government <laughs> will take care of everything. And um, President Biden will give you an ice cream cone and Nancy Pelosi will give you all the money in the world and nothing bad ever happens to anyone. I had a it's guy, I had a guy, <laughs> I, I try not to like talk politics on, uh, on the podcast or whatever. Or, mm. you know, I had a guy on TikTok like send me a, send, send me someone's video. And I think it was on the recent school shooting that, you know, some trans kid shot up a school and, yeah. um, and then they were talking about, oh, we need to take away all the, all the, uh, the assault weapons and, uh, only allow, you know, the military and police and people who have served to own them and da, 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 da. And I was like, I disagree. And then I just left it at that. And then no. they start arguing with me. And I go, look, this wasn't an invitation to argue. Uh, but no. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I have served, but I don't like I'm I am a, a very strong proponent of the Second Amendment. You know, mm. like there's a reason why it's our Second Amendment, you know. Um yeah. and the cops are a cleanup crew. They're a fucking cleanup crew. Oh, they're well, I used to, I don't know if you knew this, but I worked security for decades. So did I. Well, I didn't yeah. work for decades, but I did work security for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, and, um, I mean, we weren't cops, so we worked with the cops. We were part of the police department. And yeah, if it's a busy Friday night and you get shot, it could be 15 minutes before the cops show up or there's someone. And so uh, I don't even necessarily, uh, guns are actually quite a small segment of that, uh, uh chapter. But I talk about things that your father should have taught you. Like, <clears throat> I, I was small, like, and bullies would always pick on me because they're weak cowards. And I, I would have, if had I had my son, I said, it'd be a shame if you grabbed that baseball bat and took it to their knees and made sure they never did that to you again. Mm -hmm. No dad teaches that. Most, most people. So we're talking self defense, situational awareness, mace. Guns are a very small part of it. Like if you're at home and, you know, get the training and, and, and all that other stuff, but your, your dad is basically there. I mean, if for any other reason, uh, selfish genetic purposes, he should want you to continue to live. Mm -hmm. And I'm just appalled at how little dads 
I mean, they really do cuck out. Well, you should go and talk to the neighborhood bully, and, and I just don't understand. It's like, no, you're just shirking your duties with what you are. You just are. don't understand them. You don't understand where they're right. going. What did them. you do? That kind of stuff. So yeah, <laughs> whether it's a, a school situation or just personal safety out in public, your dad should have taught you how to fight, especially mm -hmm. the boys. He should have taught you girls how to use mace and train with mace or pepper spray or something like that. Uh, ladies, a little bit of self-defense would not hurt you either. And then when you were of age, he should have at least introduced you to guns. Maybe you weren't a gun family. Maybe you didn't. But at least being aware of guns. And then mm -hmm. also basic safety that goes beyond a, a human individual assaulting you. Things like, okay, emergency preparedness. Do you know how to change your tire? Do you know, um, <clears throat> do you know north and south? Can you read a compass? Situational awareness. Um, do you have enough food to last three days? Do you have enough water to last three days? Can you fix your own damn toilet? Uh, which gets more not maintenance, but that's 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 what dads were supposed to do. Like okay. little Jimmy's. All right, let's put on the boxing gloves and let's go and let's wrestle and and hit me in the stomach as hard as you can. Like okay, you got to do. You know, assuming he was a little kid, but that is. I mean, if the dad isn't there, you know, obviously he can't teach you that. But even if your dad was present, your modern day American father, no offense, guys, you're a bunch of pussies. And you <laughs> want to teach your children how to fight because your your wife would look sternly at you. It's oh, it's committing violence. Uh, so I, I think that's a that's a huge uh, deficit and gap that that fathers have left open here for young people today. One thing. uh one thing I always taught my kids, it was the same thing that my dad taught me, which was, you know, if like kids were, were bullying me in school, I used to, I, I'm, I'm very surprised my kids, uh, they, my kids like have really never been in a, like a legit, like scrap on the, mm -hmm. uh, in school. And I, every year would at least get in one, yeah. you know, multiple some years, <laughs> but, uh, my dad would say, Hey, he's like, Hey man, if, if he's picking on you, go talk to the teacher, let the teacher know what's going on. If the teacher doesn't do anything about it, punch him square in the fucking nose. Yep. Yep. And he's like, now, if he's a bigger kid, he might beat your ass. But you know what? He'll leave you alone after that because yeah. one, he'll respect you. And two, he's going to go after an easier target. And so that's what I taught my kids. I was like, hey, <laughs> and if you get my kids are like, well, what if I get suspended? I'm like, I'll take you out to ice cream. Yeah, you we'll know? get ice cream. Yeah. No. I, and that <clears throat> that's another thing where dad's just they're they're not they don't care they don't i mean i'm sorry guys most of your dads don't love you i mean it's, it's <laughs> they don't love true. you <laughs> they don't i'm i'm sorry i don't see any investment i mean they might love you but whoa wait the game is on and you came back with a bloody nose oh you probably started no no like it's it's like no there's no support so i've been on that side where where it's like i get in a fight and i'm the one that gets in trouble when i mm -hmm. didn't start it um, and it's always three to one or something like that. Like, yeah, no, that, that's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. So just for safety's sake, not to mention, I guess, if you have a younger kid, uh, for mental health sake, you know, get, get them out of the school. If people are fighting with, with your children, that's, that's just, but that, that might interrupt your father's time watching Lord of the Rings or something. I don't, I don't want to bother with that. Speaking of, speaking of movies, you, you don't, you don't watch a lot of modern movies, do you? Not really. No. There, uh, Shazam, the latest, uh, like Shazam. two or the first one, not, not Shazam. Um, black, black, black Adam, black Adam. Did you see that yeah. one? Yes. Unfortunately, you say <laughs> there was one, one scene that I actually thought was hilarious. And that was, uh, when, um, the, 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 the kid was talking to black Adam and he was like, like, 
she's like, I don't want you to teach my son violence. He goes, I understand. You want her, his father to teach him violence. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. goes, no, I don't want him to teach him violence. And, and he goes, well, who's going to teach him violence then? You know, like, <laughs> that's what that's what dads are supposed to do. Teach you violence. Yes, yes violence. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, oh, so oh, I have this written down here. Aaron, um, shouldn't a guy defend his honor? Like he's in a bar and someone calls him oh, a pussy. Christ. He no. should just throw down, right? Defend no. his honor. That's the alpha thing to do. I have, I have given you five or six. We've talked about the merits, like minimalism alone. If you get the minimalism <laughs> on this, you've earned your money. If you learn to not be lazy, you will have earned your money. If you learn how to avoid the pitfalls of dating, love and sex and marriage, you will have earned the money that this course costs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> knowing why you should walk away and not feel like, Oh, I'm just being a coward or a pussy knowing how karma works. And it's not because God or Gaia somehow has this, you know, balance in the sky and they'll push it down and they'll get theirs in the end. Knowing that people who act like dicks, get punished by society because society doesn't like people who act like dicks. Once you realize that, that really helped me control my anger. And that too would alone, if you just get that one lesson, you will have earned, you you got more than $149 out of it because that's how especially young men end up in jail. It's how a lot of young men end up getting shot or stabbed, usually over a woman. And if your woman is making googly eyes at the other guy, guess what? Whose fault is it? It's hers. Mm-hmm. Don't go up to that guy and fight him. Say, hey, this was my girlfriend. She's yours now. And walk away. Mm-hmm. Let him have the hoe. Let him have the 304. And you walk away. Some guy's giving you crap. Someone's doing the, and he's got two of his buddies, by the way, because they're always cowards. You're just like, yeah, you know what, buddy? <clears throat> All yours. And if you want to be snide about it, just wait till they leave the bar and call the cops. I'm like, yeah, that guy's driving drunk. Oh, here's the license plate. Go get him. Right. But you don't, there's no reason to defend your honor. I mean, unless like, I don't know, someone did something to my girlfriend. I probably would break that rule Um, Mm -hmm. or my nieces or something like that. But if someone's calling you a name or someone is just being a a dick, just they're going to go to jail. They're going to pick on the wrong guy and they're going to run off and they're not, they ain't got no job. Uh, Just let them be. Just let them be, walk away, and they definitely will get theirs in the end. This goes back to your six rules of life, right? Like, don't die and don't don't end up in a cage. Don't end up in a cage. Yeah, you can't play the game if you're in a cage. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, your uh, your next section is on uh, maintenance and repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said that there's basically the three main areas, cars, computers, and carpentry yep. are the three main areas. Yep. One thing that – one thing um, – I learned, I learned how to work on my car and there's a, there's some things that I'll, I'll do on my car, you know, that I'm like, Oh, I could do that. Like I'll do some work on that. Then there's other things where I'm like, you know, I make enough money that like, I'll, I'd much rather have a, a, you know, someone take care of it. Like for instance, I learned years ago how to change the oil on my car. Right. This is one of the few things, one of the few maintenance things that I'm like, it's, it's actually, I don't think it's worth it to do yourself (laughs) because Mm. you go and you buy the oil filter, you buy the four quarts of oil, four and a half quarts of oil, whatever your car takes, you know, you buy a, buy a new air filter. By the time you done, you're done buying all that stuff. 
you really haven't saved any money because if you take it to like a Walmart to do it, like it's the same price. So that's right. like one of the few things. But there are a lot of things in there that you you list out that are are really good for guys to learn how to do. And mm. if you're broken down on the side of the road and uh, you don't have roadside assistance, you know it does sort of behoove you to be able to fix your own shit <laughs> yeah. if you can. You'd, you'd be amazed how many, because uh, car quality has increased quite quite a bit since we've been kids. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the problems, if you break down, a lot of the times, I, it depends on the vehicle, I'd say 75% of the time it's a pretty easy fix that if you have the tools in an hour or two, you could probably fix it yourself with some YouTube and, and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, like for example, I had my transmission go, uh, that need to be replaced. So I am not a transmission guy. Uh, so I obviously paid for that. And I will agree that like, you know, if in your case, you know, you're a high end IT professional, it ain't worth your time. Go pay someone to do the oil change. But especially when you're younger mm -hmm. and you're driving crappy cars or you got your first starter home and it's 70 years old and the roof is leaking. These things, learning how to maintain your three largest assets, your electronics, your house and your vehicles. That is going to go a long way in saving you a lot of money and, and help you build some some uh, practical skills along the way. And mm -hmm. so I kind of delve. Obviously, I can't teach people how to, I don't know how to, how to uh, do a tune up on your car on the internet. And there are plenty of YouTube channels. I just merely emphasize the importance of these key areas. Give you some yeah. ballpark goals and competencies you should aim for, and the reason why you should be aiming for it. So you're not at the you know, at minimum you know. I have known two people now whose basements got flooded. Why did the basements get flooded, Paul? Uh, because there's too much water. I don't know. Right. There, obviously, there was a water break. The water main broke. Mm -hmm. Why? But they didn't know the, how to go shut off the main or what? Who didn't know how to shut off the main valve? The man didn't know how to the shut off. The wives didn't know where the shut off valve was, oh, let okay. alone that there was a shut off valve. And so that's, we're talking some very basic introductory things you should know about your house, your vehicles mm -hmm. and, and your computers. Yeah. Oh, you're, great, great example. Small thing, right? Not, not that big of a deal. I have a, my, it came with the house, but I have this like under my sink, I have this uh, uh, instant hot water boiler, which is yeah. pretty cool. It's like a cool little, like, you know, a separate spout next to my sink where I have instant hot water in case I want to make some hot cocoa or, Tea whatever. or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah great little thing i just noticed the other day like i had this pool of water under my under my uh like on the floor and i was like what the fuck where's this coming from is it leaking from the dishwasher like what's going on i found out it was actually leaking from that thing guess what i did aaron you just you took apart got a new one uh no i haven't done that yet but i oh. I, I shut off the water to it because i knew where the fucking valve. i was like oh i found the water line i found the valve i was like oh let me shut this off so it stops fucking leaking all over my floor yeah, there you go. And then I'll, I'll fix it. I'll get around to it. I don't use it that much. So. <laughs> it's a bit of priority, but. It, I mean, I know um, you kind of laugh at it, but um, that, that section would really benefit girls because, I mean, aren't there a couple of videos where these girls are crying because their toilet doesn't flush anymore? Yeah. And the plumber, <laughs> I mean, like ladies, it's, it's not that hard. And yeah. uh, look, ain't no man coming to save you, at least half of you, because. You know, I thought they didn't need a man. I thought, well, they they've one. said that and they're going to find out that, that they don't need one, but you're going to need YouTube. You're going to, it's not the worst thing to, to learn. And then I don't know your modern day boys, these modern day young men, they mm -hmm. don't know where the water valve is. They don't know how to fix a toilet. So, I mean, yeah. you're, someone's going to have to fix it.
<laughs> they're gonna call a man to come <laughs> to come and fix it. But you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's so it's so funny too. My dad used to tell me this is a, a you know a thing that dads should tell you. Like my dad used to say, everything you want to know, you could find in a book. You know, mm. he learned how to fix cars from a, from Chilton's Chilton, manuals right. and stuff. Uh, I tell my kids uh, the same thing. Everything you want to know, you can find in a book or on YouTube. You mm -hmm. know, literally anything that, that breaks in your fucking house, you can do a YouTube search for it. And someone's got a video showing how to fix it. Yeah, so. it's great. No, that's how I that's how I taught myself mechanics was just watching all these different videos and doing on my different vehicles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you'll find that like replacing um, an alternator is actually not that hard on certain cars. Certain cars, like you have to fucking disassemble like 25 the, things to get German to cars. For the love of God, here's some free. Hey, you want to earn another $149 kids? Don't buy any German cars. My <laughs> God, what mechanical nightmares. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Even uh, some modern American cars are, are hard to work on. Are they? Yeah. Well, I, don't I, know. I don't know. Cause I've had, uh, I've owned Dodges like pretty much my whole life until yeah. uh my most recent vehicle i finally broke down and bought a toyota because everyone that i know that's owned japanese cars like they never have problems with them you know never like do. hondas and toyotas will you can run them forever you know so i was like you yeah. know what fuck it i'm gonna buy a toyota this time but uh but yeah like every like i've had fords i've had i've had dodges and they're all heavy yeah they're, they're all hard to work on the new ones anyway all right the last section here aaron uh, it was uh, miscellaneous fatherly advice. Now, I went through these, Aaron, and I'm a little hurt, man. I I didn't see the my advice that I sent to you, and I was like, maybe they were too wordy or what? Was it was it covered in was it covered in the other sections? Because that's I had you, Pop, Rolo, Rich yeah. Cooper, a bunch of guys contribute, but it was in one way or another already. What did I miss? What did I not? What which one did you? I don't know. I I, I I remember though what I was uh, sending them to you. I think I sent you like. <laughs> I think I sent you like 17 like it, Oh it, Christ, it, I don't yeah, but by, by the time they hit this chapter, they want to go home. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so so I was like, so when I was watching this chapter, uh they were all very, very quick, like you know, like one yeah. sentence things. I go, that that's probably why they're not in there because I sent like paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's good. That, this is all good stuff. And I like some of them were um I mean they're like they were almost like platitudes, but they were really, they were good. There was good, solid, like ad advice for these. Um, I really liked them. Uh, and then you also have like a section on, you know, other resources and stuff where you like right. sort of link to everybody else's work, which is really good too. Right. Because there's no way, there's no way we could have covered it all. There was yeah. not. So, I mean, hopefully after 12 hours, well, I'm not hopefully Garen freaking T you. After 12 hours and you do even half of the stuff that's listed in there, you're going to come out way ahead, like what top 10% of Americans if you if you put that stuff into practice practice in your life. And it's not because these are like necessarily ground shaking. They're insightful and clever and things you wouldn't have necessarily thought of. <clears throat> but everyone else is making such horrifically bad mistakes that if you just follow a little bit of it, you're going to come out light years ahead. But yeah, there's no way to actually replace the 20 years your dad should have been investing in you, raising you as a child to, to give you that wisdom. But, but 12 hours is a start. Yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a good start. It's a really good course. I highly recommend it. Uh, the course is the dad you never had. You can find it at the link in the description, or you can search for it on teachable under the Clary school of economic philosophy. Mm -hmm. And then that link you have just so they know, you you'll click on it. I'm pretty sure it's the link that I gave you. 
-hmm. you'll just see two courses, Achieving Minimalism and then uh, Achieving Financial Excellence. You have to click on View All Products to find the dad you never had, and it'll, it'll take you there. So that's how you, you find it. There. Yeah, Some people, have, they, they say, I don't see it. I'm like, yeah, you got to click on View All Products, and it'll pop up. Yeah. Read the just <laughs> read the screen and follow the prompts. <laughs> that should be another section in your course, Aaron. I think. But uh, all right, where 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 else can people find you online, Aaron? This is a good conversation. The um the my main site, I guess, is assholeconsulting.com. Uh, so if you have questions, you could contact me there. That's where I consult. It's not, hey, you want to talk? No, I don't want to talk. That's that's the business. Uh, but you could just search me on YouTube, which I guess would be my other main, I mean, I got plenty of different sites, but I mean, search Aaron Clary, you can find my books, you can find my websites, but YouTube channel, um, that's you just where hit I a hundred thousand just did. Yeah. Yeah. So Congratulations that was, on that. Thank you. Thank you. I can now, uh, I can now hang out with the big boys. Um, uh, nothing <laughs> else that, happened. It's just, don't they send you a, a little plaque or something for that? You got to apply for it. And you have to be in their good graces. And then a team goes and they look at your site and they decide whether or not you actually get the plaque. And I'm like, good, you're wasting more labor on something that should just be an automatic send us by a robot in the mail. But if you like wasting your shareholders money on, on evaluating this, go ahead. But yeah, in theory, I'll get one, but maybe not after the video I just did. Right. You, you just yeah. yeah, you uh you posted on Twitter that you had to take it down and you put it on uh MGTOW TV. Instead. Yeah, that was that was um I was ripping into this guy because he was just being lazy. Uh that <laughs> one I I said some things about single women or single moms that were a hundred percent true, but no doubt would hurt some people's feelings. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's on MGTOW TV. Um, but the one I just did recently was girls have lost their damn minds because I just got some stuff from some agents in the field. I'm like, nope, that's it. I'm done. You're all crazy. So I don't know <laughs> if I'll, I don't know if I get my shiny object in the mail from YouTube. I don't know if I'm gonna get my plaque, but I did get a hundred thousand. So that's really all that matters. I think, I think according to the new guidelines, as long as you don't say anything bad within, within the first eight seconds, you're okay. No, I guarantee you they're gonna <laughs> they don't have thousands of sensors and content editors to just look at the first eight seconds. I guarantee you there they are there's a sake, not all of it, but in these large tech companies, there is definitely a segment that is politically motivated. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a political uh, spirit within these firms. And even if it's none of their damn business and it's not even, even if it's constructive criticism, it, they really want to capture that stuff and make sure it doesn't get out. So, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. My first TikTok account got banned and then my second one's shadow banned. So yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I did my TikTok and I think I talked, talked about guns one time and that was it. That was, you know, I was like, okay, I don't need this platform anymore. That's fine. But, <laughs> All right, Aaron, thank you for joining me tonight, man. I'll give you the rest of your evening back. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Aaron, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. You're welcome back anytime. You know that though. Uh, man, I gotta, I, I was disappointed. I was kind of hoping I could get out to Vegas before you headed back up to the, to the Northern command, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. So, uh, but hopefully <laughs> I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but, uh, Glenn Lawrence and, uh, um, you know, Viking dad wisdom and I, we're all talking about getting on our motorcycles and riding up to Sturgis this year. I don't know if that's going to happen either, but that'd be cool. We should go, we should all ride up there and go, go, uh, motor. we'll just invite ourselves to the, to the, to the compound. Just don't shoot us, please. 
just we'll, we'll, well, I'll text ahead of time. <laughs> Say, Hey, Hey, we're in town, uh, on our motorcycles. Can, can we crash? Can we crash at, at your, in your bunker? That'd be, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. He, he'll clear. He would shoot us. <laughs> he would shoot us. if We just showed up like that. Nah, he wouldn't. He's actually a pretty good dude. All right, guys, that's all I have uh, for this episode. Be sure to tune in Wednesday. I actually have the live stream uh, planned for that. What do I have for, for the live stream on uh, Wednesday? The live stream Wednesday will be... Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to be talking about... There's an old red pill. Uh, there's a red pill uh, post on the old red pill reddit uh by human sock puppet called how to manage your bitches <laughs> so i'm gonna be i'm gonna go through that through that post on wednesday so tune into that we're gonna learn how to manage our bitches it's actually a pretty good post so i think you guys will like it uh if you guys haven't done so already please like subscribe hit those notifications uh, drop a comment. Any comment will do. Your favorite emoji doesn't matter. It helps us out in the algorithm. Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. Get on the Patreon for as little as $10. Get added to the beer credits at the end of these episodes. And then uh, if you need any kind of coaching, tiers two or tiers three are available there. Get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. I'll send you some free stickers. If you guys like those designs, they're also available in mugs and t-shirts and hoodies and all that fun stuff as well at merch.comeonmanpod.com. You know, get yourself a little something. It supports the show. It's a win-win. You know what I mean? And then finally, check out my practical law of attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. Get your mind right. Once you get your mind right, everything else falls into place. And then don't forget to check out Aaron Clary's course. The link's in the description for that. Actually, that link in the description goes to all of Aaron Clary's courses. But, uh, you know, check out check out all the courses available. I think he's got three now. Uh, but, you know, if, you, if what we talked about with the Dad You Never Had course resonates with you, definitely check that one out. Uh, the link goes to all of them. So, uh that's pretty much all I have this this time. So we'll see you guys on Wednesday. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it. <laughs>